section three of the mabinogen volume three by anonymous translated by charlotte guest this librivox recording is in the public domain section three branwen the daughter of fleur bendigide fran the son of fleur was the crown king of this island and he was exalted from the crown of london and one afternoon he was at harlech in ardudoy at his court and he sat upon the rock of harlech looking over the sea and with him were his brother manoifan the son of fleur and his brothers by the mother's side nisien and evnisien and many nobles likewise as was fitting to see around a king his two brothers by the mother's side were the sons of eurosoith by his mother penarden the daughter of belly son of manigan and one of these youths was a good youth and of gentle nature and would make peace between his kindred and cause his family to be friends when their wrath was at the highest and this one was nisian but the other would cause strife between his two brothers when they were most at peace and as they sat thus they beheld thirteen ships coming from the south of ireland and making towards them and they came with a swift motion the wind being behind them and they neared them rapidly i see ships afar said the king coming swiftly towards the land command the men of the court that they equip themselves and go and learn their intent so the men equipped themselves and went down towards them and when they saw the ships near certain were they that they had never seen ships better furnished beautiful flags of satin were upon them and behold one of the ships outstripped the others and they saw a shield lifted up above the side of the ship and the point of the shield was upwards in token of peace and the men drew near that they might hold converse then they put out boats and came towards the land and they saluted the king now the king could hear them from the place where he was upon the rock above their heads heaven prosper you said he and be ye welcome to whom do these ships belong and who is the chief amongst you lord said they mathelwich king of ireland is here and these ships belong to him wherefore comes he asked the king and will he come to the land he is a suitor unto thee lord said they and he will not land unless he have his boon and what may that be inquired the king he desires to ally himself with thee lord said they and he comes to ask branwen the daughter of fleur that if it seems well to thee the island of the mighty may be leagued with ireland and both become more powerful verily said he let him come to land and we will take counsel thereupon and this answer was brought to Mathelwich i will go willingly said he so he landed and they received him joyfully and great was the throng in the palace that night between his hosts and those of the court and next day they took counsel and they resolved to bestow branwen upon Mathelwich. now she was one of the three chief ladies of this island and she was the fairest damsel in the world and they fixed upon aberfraw as the place where she should become his bride and they went thence and towards aberfraw the hosts proceeded mathewich and his host in their ships bendigide fran and his host by land until they came to aberfraw and at aberfraw they began the feast and sat down 
and thus sat they the king of the island of the mighty and manawithon the son of fleur on one side and mathowich on the other side and branwen the daughter of fleur beside him and they were not within a house but under tents no house could ever contain bendigeid fran and they began the banquet and caroused and discoursed and when it was more pleasing to them to sleep than to carouse they went to rest and that night branwen became mathowich's bride and next day they arose and all they of the court and the officers began to equip and to range the horses and the attendants and they ranged them in order as far as the sea and behold one day evanician the quarrelsome man of whom it is spoken above came by chance into the place where the horses of mathowich were and asked whose horses they might be they are the horses of mathowich king of ireland who is married to branwen thy sister his horses are they and is it thus they have done with a maiden such as she and moreover my sister bestowing her without my consent they could have offered no greater insult to me than this said he and thereupon he rushed under the horses and cut off their lips at the teeth and their ears close to their heads and their tails close to their backs and wherever he could clutch their eyelids he cut them to the very bone and he disfigured the horses and rendered them useless and they came with these tidings unto mathowich saying that the horses were disfigured and injured so that not one of them could ever be of any use again verily lord said one it was an insult unto thee and as such was it meant of a truth it is a marvel to me that if they desire to insult me they should have given me a maiden of such high rank and so much beloved of her kindred as they have done lord said another thou seest that thus it is and there is nothing for thee to do but to go to thy ships and thereupon towards his ships he set out and tidings came to bendigide fran that mathowich was quitting the court without asking leave and messengers were sent to inquire of him wherefore he did so and the messengers that went were ithic the son of anrud and hephthir and these overtook him and asked of him what he designed to do and wherefore he went forth of a truth said he if i had known i had not come hither i have been altogether insulted no one had ever worse treatment than i have had here but one thing surprises me above all what is that asked they that branwen the daughter of fleur one of the three chief ladies of this island and the daughter of the king of the island of the mighty should have been given me as my bride and that after that i should have been insulted and i marvel that the insult was not done me before they had bestowed upon me a maiden so exalted as she truly lord it was not the will of any that are of the court said they nor of any that are of the council that thou shouldest have received this insult and as thou hast been insulted the dishonour is greater unto bendigide fran than unto thee verily said he i think so nevertheless he cannot recall the insult these men returned with that answer to the place where bendigide fran was and they told him what reply mathowich had given them truly said he there are no means by which we may prevent his going away at enmity with us that we will not take well lord said they send after him another embassy i will do so said he arise mana withon son of fleur and hevetur and eunuch glue is wood and go after him and tell him that he shall have a sound horse for every one that has been injured and beside that as an atonement for the insult 
he shall have a staff of silver as large and as tall as himself and a plate of gold of the breadth of his face and show unto him who it was that did this and that it was done against my will but that he who did it is my brother by the mother's side and therefore it would be hard for me to put him to death and let him come and meet me said he and we will make peace in any way he may desire the embassy went after Mathowich and told him all these sayings in a friendly manner and he listened thereunto men said he i will take counsel so to the council he went and in the council they considered that if they should refuse this they were likely to have more shame rather than to obtain so great an atonement they resolved therefore to accept it and they returned to the court in peace then the pavilions and the tents were set in order after the fashion of a hall and they went to meet and as they had sat at the beginning of the feast so sat they there and mathewich and bendigide fran began to discourse and behold it seemed to bendigide fran while they talked that mathewich was not so cheerful as he had been before and he thought that the chieftain might be sad because of the smallness of the atonement which he had for the wrong that had been done him o man said bendigide fran thou dost not discourse to-night so cheerfully as thou wert wont and if it be because of the smallness of the atonement thou shalt add thereunto whatsoever thou mayest choose and to-morrow i will pay thee the horses lord said he heaven reward thee and i will enhance the atonement said bendigide fran for i will give unto thee a cauldron the property of which is that if one of thy men be slain to-day and be cast therein to-morrow he will be as well as ever he was at the best except that he will not regain his speech and thereupon he gave him great thanks and very joyful was he for that cause and the next morning they paid mathewich the horses as long as the trained horses lasted and then they journeyed into another comet where they paid him with colts until the whole had been paid and from thenceforth that comet was called talabolium and a second night sat they together my lord said mathewich whence hadst thou the cauldron which thou hast given me i had it of a man who had been in thy land said he and i would not give it except to one from there who was it asked he philosar philesid he came here from ireland with kimiday kimenbol his wife who escaped from the iron house in ireland when it was made red-hot around them and fled hither and it is a marvel to me that thou shouldest know nothing concerning the matter something i do know said he and as much as i know i will tell thee one day i was hunting in ireland and i came to the mound at the head of the lake which is called the lake of the cauldron and i beheld a huge yellow-haired man coming from the lake with a cauldron upon his back and he was a man of vast size and of horrid aspect and a woman followed after him and if the man was tall twice as large as he was the woman and they came towards me and greeted me verily asked i wherefore are you journeying behold this said he to me is the cause that we journey at the end of a month and a fortnight this woman will have a son and the child that will be born at the end of the month and the fortnight will be a warrior fully armed so i took them with me and maintained them and they were with me for a year and that year i had them with me not grudgingly but thenceforth was their murmuring because that they were with me for from the beginning of the fourth month they had begun to make themselves hated and to be disorderly in the land 
committing outrages and molesting and harassing the nobles and ladies and thenceforward my people rose up and besought me to part with them and they bade me to choose between them and my dominions and i applied to the council of my country to know what should be done concerning them for of their own free will they would not go neither could they be compelled against their will through fighting and the people of the country being in this strait they caused a chamber to be made all of iron now when the chamber was ready there came there every smith that was in ireland and every one who owned tongs and hammer and they caused coals to be piled up as high as the top of the chamber and they had the man and the woman and the children served with plenty of meat and drink but when it was known that they were drunk they began to put fire to the coals about the chamber and they blew it with bellows until the house was red-hot all around them then was there a council held in the centre of the floor of the chamber and the man tarried until the plates of iron were all of a white heat and then by reason of the great heat the man dashed against the plates with his shoulder and struck them out and his wife followed him but except him and his wife none escaped thence and then i suppose lord said mathelwitch unto bendigide friend that he came over unto thee doubtless he came here said he and gave unto me the cauldron in what manner didst thou receive them i dispersed them through every part of my dominions and they have become numerous and are prospering everywhere and they fortify the places where they are with men and arms of the best that were ever seen that night they continued to discourse as much as they would and had minstrelsy and carousing and when it was more pleasant to them to sleep than to sit longer they went to rest and thus was the banquet carried on with joyousness and when it was finished mathelwitch journeyed towards ireland and branwen with him and they went from abermenai with thirteen ships and came to ireland and in ireland was their great joy because of their coming and not one great man or noble lady visited branwen unto whom she gave not either a clasp or a ring or a royal jewel to keep such as it was honourable to be seen departing with and in these things she spent that year in much renown and she passed her time pleasant enjoying honour and friendship and in the meanwhile it chanced that she became pregnant and in due time a son was born unto her and the name that they gave him was guern the son of mathowich and they put the boy out to be foster-nursed in a place where were the best men of ireland and behold in the second year a tumult arose in ireland on account of the insult which mathowich had received in wales and the payment made him for his horses and his foster-brothers and such as were nearest unto him blamed him openly for that matter and he might have no peace by reason of the tumult until they should revenge upon him this disgrace and the vengeance which they took was to drive away branwen from the same chamber with him and to make her cook for the court and they caused the butcher after he had cut up the meat to come to her and give her every day a blow on the ear and such they made her punishment verily lord said his men to mathowich forbid now the ships and the ferry-boats and the coracles that they go not into wales and such as come over from wales hither imprison them that they go not back for this thing to be known there and they did so and it was thus for no less than three years and branwen reared a starling in the cover of the kneading trough and she taught it to speak and she taught the bird what manner of man her brother was and she wrote a letter of her woes 
and the despite with which she was treated and she bound the letter to the root of the bird's wing and sent it towards wales and the bird came to this island and one day it found bendigide fran and hirziant in arvon conferring there and it alighted upon his shoulder and ruffled its feathers so that the letter was seen and they knew that the bird had been reared in a domestic manner then bendigide fran took the letter and looked upon it and when he had read the letter he grieved exceedingly at the tidings of branwen's woes and immediately he began sending messengers to summon the island together and he caused seven score and four countries to come unto him and he complained to them himself of the grief that his sister endured so they took counsel and in the council they resolved to go to ireland and to leave seven men as princes here and Cara dauk the son of bran as the chief of them and their seven knights in edirnion were these men left and for this reason were the seven knights placed in the town now the names of these seven were caradoc the son of bran and hefeth herb and unic glu glau Isgaud, and ithic the son of anorauqualroom and fodder the son of ervis and gelch minakern and vlasar the son of flesser flesser and pendaran david as a young page with them and these abode as seven ministers to take charge of this island and caradoc the son of bran was the chief amongst them then to guide fran with the host of which we spoke sailed towards ireland and it was not far across the sea and he came to shoalwater it was but by two rivers the lee and the arcan were they called and the nations covered the sea then he proceeded with what provisions he had on his own back and approached the shore of ireland now the swineherds of mathewich were upon the seashore and they came to mathewich lord said they greeting be unto thee heaven protect you said he have you any news lord said they we have marvellous news a wood have we seen upon the sea in a place where we never yet saw a single tree this is indeed a marvel said he saw you aught else we saw lord said they a vast mountain beside the wood which moved and there was a lofty ridge on the top of the mountain and a lake on each side of the ridge and the wood and the mountain and all these things moved verily said he there is none who can know aught concerning this unless it be branwen messengers then went unto branwen lady said they what thinkest thou that this is the men of the island of the mighty who have come hither on hearing of my ill-treatment and my woes what is the forest that is seen upon the sea asked they the yards and the masts of ships she answered alas said they what is the mountain that is seen by the side of the ships bendigide bran my brother she replied coming to shoalwater there is no ship that can contain him in it what is the lofty ridge with the lake on each side thereof on looking towards this island he is wroth and his two eyes on each side of his nose are the two lakes on each side of the ridge the warriors and chief men of ireland were brought together in haste and they took counsel lord said the nobles unto mathewich there is no other counsel than to retreat over the the linen a river which is in ireland and to keep the river between thee and him and to break down the bridge that is across the river for there is a lodestone at the bottom of the river that neither ship nor vessel can pass over so they retreated across the river and broke down the bridge bendigide fran came to land and the fleet with him by the bank of the river lord said his chieftains 
knowest thou the nature of this river that nothing can go across it and there is no bridge over it what said they is thy counsel concerning a bridge there is none said he except that he who will be chief let him be a bridge i will be so said he and then was that saying first uttered and it is still used as a proverb and when he had lain down across the river hurdles were placed upon him and the host passed over thereby and as he rose up behold the messengers of mathowich came to him and saluted him and gave him greeting in the name of mathowich's kinsman and showed how that of his good will he had merited of him nothing but good for mathowich has given the kingdom of ireland to gwern the son of mathowich thy nephew and thy sister's son and this he places before thee as a compensation for the wrong and despite that has been done unto branwen and mathowich shall be maintained wheresoever thou wilt either here or in the island of the mighty said bendigide fran shall not i myself have the kingdom then peradventure i may take counsel concerning your message from this time until then no other answer will you get from me verily said they the best message that we receive for thee we will convey it unto thee and do thou await our message unto him i will wait answered he and do you return quickly the messengers set forth and came to mathowich lord say they prepare a better message for bendigide fran he would not listen at all to the message that we bore him my friend said mathowich what may be your counsel lord said they there is no other counsel than this alone he was never known to be within a house make therefore a house that will contain him and the men of the island of the mighty on the one side and thyself and thy host on the other and give over thy kingdom to his will and do him homage so by reason of the honour thou doest him in making him a house whereas he never before had a house to contain him he will make peace with thee so the messengers went back to bendigide fran bearing him this message and he took counsel and in the council it was resolved that he should accept this and this was all done by the advice of branwen and thus the country should be destroyed and this peace was made and the house was built both vast and strong but the irish planned a crafty device and the craft was that they should put brackets on each side of the hundred pillars that were in the house and should place a leathern bag on each bracket and an armed man in every one of them then evni sien came in before the host of the island of the mighty and scanned the house with fierce and savage looks and descried the leathern bags which were around the pillars what is in this bag asked he of one of the irish meal good soul said he and evnissian felt about it until he came to the man's head and he squeezed the head until he felt his fingers meet together in the brain through the bone and he left that one and put his hand upon another and asked what was therein meal said the irishman so he did the like unto every one of them until he had not left alive of all the two hundred men save one only and when he came to him he asked what was there meal good soul said the irishman and he felt about until he felt the head and he squeezed that head as he had done the others and albeit he found that the head of this one was armed he left him not until he had killed him and then he sang an england there is in this bag a different sort of meal the ready combatant when the assault is made by his fellow warriors prepared for battle thereupon came the hosts unto the house the men of the island of ireland entered the house on the one side and the men of the island of the mighty on the other 
and as soon as they had sat down there was concord between them and the sovereignty was conferred upon the boy when the peace was concluded bendigeid fran called the boy unto him and from bendigeid fran the boy went unto manawithan and he was beloved by all that beheld him and from manawithan the boy was called by nisian the son of uras with and the boy went unto him lovingly wherefore said abnisian comes not my nephew the son of my sister unto me though he were not king of ireland yet willingly would i fondle the boy cheerfully let him go to thee said bendigeid fran and the boy went unto him cheerfully by my confession to heaven said abnisian in his heart unthought of by the household is the slaughter that i will this instant commit then he arose and took up the boy by the feet and before any one in the house could seize hold of him he thrust the boy headlong into the blazing fire when branwen saw her son burning in the fire she strove to leap into the fire also from the place where she sat between her two brothers but bendigeid fran grasped her with one hand and his shield with the other then they all hurried about the house and never was there made so great a tumult by any host in one house as was made by them as each man armed himself then said morvid tilsion the gadfiles of mord tilsion's cow and while they all sought their arms bendigeid fran supported branwen between his shield and his shoulder then the irish kindled a fire under the cauldron of renovation and they cast the dead bodies into the cauldron until it was full and the next day they came forth fighting men as good as before except that they were not able to speak then when abnician saw the dead bodies of the men of the island of the mighty nowhere resuscitated he said in his heart alas woe is me that i should have been the cause of bringing the men of the island of the mighty into so great a strait evil betide me if i find not a deliverance therefrom and he cast himself among the dead bodies of the irish and two unshod irishmen came to him and taking him to be one of the irish flung him into the cauldron and he stretched himself out in the cauldron so that he rent the cauldron into four pieces and burst his own heart also in consequence of that the men of the island of the mighty obtained such success as they had but they were not victorious for only seven men of them all escaped and bendigeid fran himself was wounded in the foot with a poisoned dart now the seven men that escaped were Praderi, manawithan glene il turan dalison enoch grudian the son of muriel and highland the son of gwynhen and bendigeid fran commanded them that they should cut off his head and take you my head said he and bear it even unto the white mount in london and bury it there with the face towards france and a long time will you be upon the road in harlech you will be feasting seven years the birds of rhianon singing unto you the while and all that time the head will be to you as pleasant company as it ever was when on my body and at gualis in penvro you will be fourscore years and you may remain there and the head with you uncorrupted until you open the door that looks towards aberhenfellon and towards cornwall and after you have opened the door there you may no longer tarry set forth then to london to bury the head and go straight forward so they cut off his head and these seven went forward therewith and branwen was the eighth with them and they came to land at aber Allah in talabolin and they sat down to rest and branwen looked towards ireland towards the island of the mighty to see if she could descry them alas said she woe is me that i was ever born two islands have been destroyed because of me then she uttered a loud groan and there broke her heart 
and they made her a four-sided grave and buried her upon the banks of the alau then the seven men journeyed forward towards harlech bearing the head with them and as they went behold there met them a multitude of men and of women have you any tidings asked manna with we have none said they save the kaswasan the son of belai has conquered the island of the mighty and is crowned king in london what has become said they of karadok the son of bran and the seven men who were left with him in this island kaswasan came upon them and slew six of the men and karadok's heart broke of grief thereof for he could see the sword that slew the men but knew not who it was that wielded it kaswasan had flung upon him the veil of illusion so that no one could see him slay the men but the sword only could they see and it liked him not to slay karadok because he was his nephew the son of his cousin and now he was the third whose heart had broke through grief pindaran david who had remained as a young page with these men escaped into the wood said they then they went on to harlech and there stopped to rest and they provided meat and liquor and sat down to eat and to drink and there came three birds and began singing unto them a certain song and all the songs they had ever heard were unpleasant compared thereto and the birds seemed to them to be at a great distance from them over the sea yet they appeared as distinct as if they were close by and at this repast they continued seven years and at the close of the seventh year they went forth to gualis and penvro and there they found a fair and regal spot overlooking the ocean and a spacious hall was therein and they went into the hall and two of its doors were open but the third door was closed that which looked towards cornwall see yonder said manna withon is the door that we may not open and that night they regaled themselves and were joyful and of all they had seen of food laid before them and of all they had heard of they remembered nothing neither of that nor of any sorrow whatsoever and there they remained fourscore years unconscious of having ever spent a time more joyous and mirthful and they were not more weary than when first they came neither did they any of them know the time they had been there and it was not more irksome to them having the head with them than if bendigide fran had been with them himself and because of these fourscore years it was called the entertaining of the noble head the entertaining of branwen and matherwich was in the time that they went to ireland one day said highland the son of gwyn evil betide me if i do not open the door to know if that is true which is said concerning it so he opened the door and looked towards cornwall and aber and felon and when they had looked they were as conscious of all the evils they had ever sustained and of all the friends and companions they had lost and of all the misery that had befallen them as if all had happened in that very spot and especially of the fate of their lord and because of their perturbation they could not rest but journeyed forth with the head towards london and they buried the head in the white mount and when it was buried this was the third goodly concealment and it was the third ill-fated disclosure when it was disinterred inasmuch as no invasion from across the sea came to this island while the head was in that concealment and thus is the story related of those who journeyed over from ireland in ireland none were left alive except five pregnant women in a cave in the irish wilderness and to these five women in the same night were born five sons whom they nursed until they became grown-up youths and they thought about wives and they at the same time desired to possess them and each took a wife of the mothers of their companions and they governed the country and peopled it and these five divided it amongst them and because of this partition are the five divisions of ireland still so termed and they examined the land where the battles had taken place and they found gold and silver until they became wealthy and thus ends this portion of mabinogi 
concerning the blow given to branwen which was the third unhappy blow of this island and concerning the entertainment of bran when the hosts of seven score countries and ten went over to ireland to revenge the blow given to branwen and concerning the seven years banquet in harlech and the singing of the birds of rhiannon and the sojourning of the head for the space of fourscore years End of section three.